0: Okay, Jeff Vance, Darrell Revis.
1: Big baby is off the board. And the New York Jets select. Bikai Beckton, Louisville. up be
0: New York Jet. Pressure just makes it go all the more. I kind of like pressure a little bit. The New York Jets select. Welcome to episode two of NFL Draft Preview. Ethan Greenberg joined alongside the Athletics. Dane Brugler, we're breaking down the tight end group in 2021. Headlined by Kyle Pitts. But Dane, the Super Bowl just happened. Tell me about your viewing experience and what did you think of the game overall?
1: Yeah, it, it was a little different this year uh, as it was for most people I imagine. Um, but you know, this is the first year I got to spend it with uh, my, my five-year-old uh, because this is the first year he's really gotten into football and he's all about, you know, the different logos and different teams and he loves to run through them. And so this is the first time I got to really sit down and watch it with him, which, which made it a lot of fun. So uh plenty of good food uh but i think you know eat, no no party this year but that kind of made it a, a little fun to, to spend some uh you know dad and son time uh you know going over what was happening and uh you know all the the greatness we were watching with the the two quarterbacks and some pretty good tight ends and uh so it, it was a good experience
0: and did your son have a viewing interest or rooting interest you no, know, he's
1: uh well, he's a Browns fan, so he uh he, he just he enjoyed watching uh you know the Buccaneers. He likes saying the, the word Buccaneers, uh and then you know the Chiefs as well. So I I think he's just uh you know he he was it's funny because when I watch tape, uh, I'll, I'll be watching tape in my office, and he'll come in and uh he'll be like, hey, you know, Daddy, where's the yellow line? Like he doesn't understand how the <laughs> like, tape. There's no yep. yellow line, and so when we're watching the Super Bowl, oh the yellow line's back, and so. Uh, you know, he he was more focused on the fo- on the on the the play and just kind of understanding the different ins and outs and learning, and so really observant kid. And so it's fun to kind of teach him and uh, you know the ins and outs of the, uh, of the sport.
0: I feel like soon he'll be breaking down tape with you, little father son breakdown tape session. I, I, I could use it. an
1: assistant, yeah, no question. <laughs> uh, I I, th- I definitely see that in his future.
0: All right, and hey, you mentioned the tight end play in the Super Bowl between Rob Gronkowski and Travis Kelsey. You know, this is right up our alley because we're breaking down the tight ends on this episode in the 2021 draft class. Headline, like I said earlier, by Florida tight end Kyle Pitts. And Kyle Pitts is your number five overall prospect on your top 100. You can check that out on The Athletic. He's 6'6", 240. In 2020, he had 12 touchdowns to go along with 770 yards. He's Florida's all-time leader for receiving yards by tight end. The Mackey Award winner. I mean, why is this guy, Kyle Pitts, your number five overall prospect, more so than the accolades?
1: Well, he's a unicorn, uh, and that's how the Florida coaching staff describes him. Uh, It's what a twitchy big man looks like. He is a wide receiver and an oversized body, uh, natural reflexes, very flexible player, uh, and very athletic ball skills. It's not like he's just an athlete running around out there. He has very athletic ball skills, so his ability to adjust at the catch point and make plays in the football is really astounding. Last year, uh, his 2019 tape, really liked it. Coming into the year, over the summer, I think I had him at number 11 overall, so he was very high for me. Uh, But he also had some issues with drops. He had six drops last year. This year, zero drops on 66 targets, so really improved that part of his game as well. Uh, it, just an effortless, uh, athlete with his burst, uh, in that, that shows off the line of scrimmage. It shows in his routes, uh, it shows as a yak target, a guy that can create, uh, after the catch. So there's just so much to like about him as a playmaker. And I don't, I, I don't know that he's a wide receiver. I don't know that he's a tight end. I just know that he's a playmaker. And so, uh, that's how you use him best as uh, a, a cheat code, a guy that can win down the field, can win at all three levels. Uh, Just a a more so than just a traditional tight end. He is just he's a weapon that I think every offense in the NFL could use.
0: You know, I don't know if there is a perfect pro comparison for any player, but one for Kyle Pitts that I've seen a lot is Darren Waller. And do you think that's a fair comparison? I mean, how would you describe his skill set to maybe some of the current NFL tight ends?
1: Yeah, I think that's, if you want a blueprint on how to use Kyle Pitts, I think that's 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 the blueprint, Darren Waller. You know, you throw on the Raiders tape and you understand, okay, how they're using him, uh, flex all over the formation, uh, you know, use him as in the slot, you know, get those uh, those matchups where, you know, you get Darren Waller against a safety or against a linebacker, uh, and he can out-athletic those guys. But then if you have a, if you're going up against a nickel or a corner, uh, he's going to have the size advantage and he can make plays over top. And so that's how Kyle Pitts can be used. Uh, there are plenty of times where Florida would put him out wide and he'd be one on one against a cornerback. And, you know, he's not going to create a ton of separation against, you know, corners that ru- are running 4 3, 4 4, but he can win over top them. And he is very physical through contact, he has the focus. So, you know, even when the defender's on him, he can still make plays. So I, I think he's that mismatched weapon that Darren Waller is uh, for the Raiders.
0: And how would you describe Kyle Pitts' blocking? Because obviously he's a very good pass catcher, but in the NFL, you obviously have to block as well.
1: Right, and I think it's just all about how you use him. You know, he doesn't have the body power, so he's going to you know consistently sustain blocks or drive block in the run game. But he's a guy that's willing and he's competitive, so he's going to execute basic blocks for you if you want to put him at put him in line or you know use him as a blocker at the second level, you know whatever he can do those things. Uh, it's just he's not going to be a you know a, a sustained guy, a guy that's just going to overwhelm defensive ends on the edges. But uh, that's not really how he should be used. That's not his strengths a, a, as a, as a weapon. So even though he can do it and he's not going to look out of place, uh, it's definitely not the strength of his game.
0: Fair enough. I feel like when you're looking at the Super Bowl, when you're watching Rob Gronkowski and Travis Kelsey, are they thicker, bigger bodies than someone like Kyle Pitts? I mean, just watching him in college, it seems like he's a little more slender of a tight end. Oh no, no, no
1: doubt. There are different styles of tight ends where you know Rob Gronkowski is going to block you like an offensive tackle. I mean, he—that's just what makes him special. Kelsey can give you a little bit of, of that as well. That, that's what makes them different. Pitts he's a better athlete uh, than those guys because I, I, with the way he can create um, you know, do different things. He's not going to give you the same level of blocking, but he's just different as an athlete. And that's okay. You know, you don't, you know, the goal maybe shouldn't be to find the next Rob Gronkowski. The goal should be to find uh, a player who could be a mismatch weapon, even though it might look a little different, come in a different package. Uh, But Kyle Pitts can give you that. So, uh, you know, he, he is, you know, he came in at number five on my top 100 board. And I would have no problem pulling the trigger uh, on him in the top, you know, seven to eight picks uh, if my offense was looking for a playmaker. And I thought my my play caller, my offensive coordinator would understand how to best use a talent like that.
0: Well, you just mentioned kind of where I wanted to go next. You said that you would feel comfortable picking him in the first seven to eight picks. The Jets right now have the number two overall selection. So do you think that this could be a marriage if the Jets trade down, like number two is too rich and therefore there need to be some kind of trade down scenario and that's where somehow the Jets could land pits?
1: Yeah. And I, I mean, I think you could even make the argument. He's, you know, uh, worthy of uh, a pick as high as two, but when you factor in the value of uh, that pick, when you, you know, the quarterbacks are in the conversation, that's where maybe it becomes a little rich and so, yeah, I, I think in a possible trade back scenario, you look at you know the Panthers sitting there at eight. Maybe they'd love to go up to number two and get their quarterback. And if the Jets are inclined to make a move like that, they're sitting there at eight. You're you're looking for you know, regardless of who's at quarterback, whether it's Sam Darnold, whether it's uh, somebody else, uh, you're looking for uh, weapons that can help your quarterback. And Kyle Pitts is the best weapon that I think this uh, this draft has to offer.
0: You know, the last point on Pitts that I'm curious your standpoint. When I think of recent top 10 picks at the tight end position, obviously TJ Hawkinson comes to mind. and you think of someone like Eric Ebron in the past, I'm just curious, what gives you the confidence that Kyle Pitts can be an immediate contributor and a very good player at his position? I'm not trying to knock any one of those two in Hawkinson Mm -hmm. or Ebron, but it doesn't feel like they're on the short list of the game's best tight ends right now.
1: Yeah, and, and I think it's a fair question because, you know, there is not a great track record of tight ends going in the top 10. Um, but I'd also argue there's not many tight ends that have looked like uh, Kyle Pitts. You know, they just it, – it's hard to find, like, true apples-to-apples comparisons for him. Uh, and, you know, he just he's a very different player. Like I said, he's a unicorn. Um, and so if you have a chance to get a talent like that, I don't think the top ten's too early, even though uh, maybe there hasn't been that great track record. But you know what? Uh, you know, it, if you're the Kansas City Chiefs and, you know, the big or the Texas Tech hasn't had a great uh, run of it developing and sending quarterbacks to the league, you don't let that stop you from drafting Patrick Mahomes. So, you know, even though Kyle Pitts, uh, you know, the tight end, you know, I think, you know, going back to Vernon Davis and Eric Ebron and, you know, those guys were solid players, but maybe not lived up to the top 10. Uh, I think Kyle Pitts absolutely can and, you know, would not, I would not hesitate to use a pick in the top 10 on a talent like that.
0: Is it incorrect to think that Kyle Pitts would be a prime candidate to blow the doors off of the gym at the combine? Like if there were a combine, he would just test athletically freakish.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's fair. I mean, he's, he's got uh bounce in his feet uh, and you see it as a route runner where he's separating out of the slot. Uh, he's got that one step explosion so he can win on simple slants, even versus man coverage. So yeah, I have no doubt uh, for a guy that's, Probably going to be around 245-ish uh, weight-wise. I have no doubt he would have tested extremely well. And we'll see if he works out at the Florida Pro Day what he looks like and, you know, how much weight is he carrying. Um, you know, that would be interesting to see. How much weight does he plan on putting on, uh, you know, between the end of the season and then the, the, the Pro Day? Just to, to show NFL teams, hey, I can carry 250 pounds and still look like this or maybe he's going to focus more on getting that 40 time where he wants it to be and stay around 240 pounds. So that'll be something NFL teams will be watching for uh, throughout this process in the Florida pro day.
0: I'm curious to see what his 40 time is. You mentioned it, but I'm just curious for a guy Mm -hmm. that plays tight end, how fast is Kyle Pitts? So he's your number five prospect tight end two on your top 100 right now is Pat Friermuth out of Penn state. He's number 47. So there's a gap there and Mm -hmm. Pat Friermuth feels like, he's a different type of tight end than Kyle Pitts because he's 6'5" to 60, doesn't have a ton of production. He averaged 395 yards per season over 3 seasons in Happy Valley. So would you say he's a blend of blocking and receiving?
1: Yeah, I think that's fair. I think he's, you know, I don't know there's much special to him. You know, with Kyle Pitts is he's got some special to him with what he can do down the field. booth doesn't have much special to him, but at the same time, he doesn't have many weaknesses either. Um, You know, I I think he's not a very sudden player, but he's very coordinated. He's athletic. He's got very strong hands. uh, He plays with that fearless demeanor so he can work the middle of the field. He's going to give you uh, the blocking chops that you're looking for. Uh, And I thought a lot of times watching him on film, he was dealing with some inaccurate passers and he was able to, uh, you know, turn those into catches. So um, it doesn't have the overwhelming traits that maybe you look for in a first round tight end, uh, but, and, and, you know, I, I a lot of people throw out that, the baby Gronk, uh, moniker, and I, I, I don't, just don't think he has the traits to necessarily live up to that, but he's athletic, he's competitive and he's very dependable. So I think he's a high floor type of NFL starter, a guy that might never make a pro bowl, but he's a high floor starter, a guy that I think you have a good idea what you're
0: getting. So reading the tea leaves in what you just laid out, it feels like he might be a better pro than a college player. Does that fair to say? Yeah, I
1: think he can get there. I mean, he was a good college player. He, uh, you know, he broke Mike Kosicki's uh, touchdown record at Penn State among tight ends. So, you know, he was a guy that was productive with 16 touchdowns over his career. Um, there's plenty to like about him uh, based off of what he showed in college. But, yeah, I think he could be a, a really solid pro. Uh, you know, Cole Komet last year coming out of Notre Dame, he went right around the 40th pick uh, to the Bears. And I think Fryermouth is kind of in that 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 same uh, that, that same range as both the player and where it's going to be ultimately drafted.
0: And the jets obviously have picked 34 right now. You have him 47 on your top 100. So is this another one of the situations where maybe the jets would have to trade back to get him or trade up with their two third round picks? It's kind of in that sweet spot there.
1: Yeah. And, and you know, I, I don't think it's a, a complete reach. Um, if they took him in the early second, I mean, I think once we get past the top, 25 picks or so, you know, that next tier of guys, it's, you know, the, the 26 to 50, there's a lot of fluctuation there. There's not a ton separating those players. And, you know, it, it, you could make the argument that, uh, you know, there's a little bit of a drop-off after Friar move. And so if you want to get that tight end and you don't want to play around with maybe, maybe losing him, um, then I think, you know, drafting him in the early second could certainly – you could certainly make a case for that. Because, uh, I, like I said, he's not going to hurt you out there. Even as a blocker, uh, you know, he's not going to consistently – generate movement in the run game, but, you know, he does a really nice job. Pop at contact. He's, he's a very tough minded player, really competitive. So, you know, I think he has a lot to offer. He's a two-year captain as well. So I, you know, I think the, the work ethic, the character, that's something that is going to fit really well in NFL locker room. Um, And and so a guy that I think is going to hit the ground running and be an immediate contributor for an offense.
0: You mentioned the drop-off after Fry and Ruth, we've gone from five to 47 between tight ends one and two on your top 100 list. Now from tight ends two to three, we're going from 47 to 79 with Boston College Hunter Law. And he's 6'5", 254. He had a career year this season in terms of production. He was also a senior bowl guy. Do you Mm -hmm. think that his performance might have shifted it at all, the way that you view him?
1: Um, no, not based on the senior, bowl. I, I thought he pretty much was exactly what we expected. Um, and that's just a really solid player. You know, his, his first three years in the program there at BC, he was uh, you know, with the Steve Adazio coaching staff, a power run offense. And so, you know, he got a really a chance to develop as a blocker. This past year, it was more of a, a, a vertical offense, uh, pass, uh, uh, more pass concepts involved. And so, you know, he had a really a great chance to develop as, as a pass catcher. And he led the FBS uh, among uh, tight ends in receiving. Uh, just he rarely left the field, so a guy that was either going out for targets or staying home to block. Uh, and I think he really sums up that quarterback's best friend uh, type of description because he has field awareness, uh, focus through traffic, uh, he, he can rescue those errant throws, um, and you know, a, a guy that's just you know not a dynamic athlete, but he's a functional level blocker reliable hands. There's a little bit of like an Austin Hooper to what he brings to the field. And so just a a really, uh, you know, trustworthy target.
0: I think a lot of people that would listen to this would enjoy having any kind of Austin Hooper on their team, especially if you could find him around the third round, which is where you have him slated in your Mm -hmm. top 100. And then I just want to talk about before we get to some day three guys, another guy right behind Hunter long is Brevin Jordan. 6'3", right. 244, University of Miami, number 82. So he's three spots back on your top 100. And he was a 2020 Mackey Award semifinalist, former number one recruit at the position in the country. So how would you describe Jordan's game and why is he a good option in potentially the third round?
1: Yeah, big time weapon coming out of Las Vegas. And, you know, he he hit the ground running. He was a three-year starter in his three years uh, for the Hurricanes. And what I really liked about him is his production got better every single year. A uh, really fluid mover. Uh, reminds me a lot of Irv Smith, uh, who coming out of Alabama a couple years ago, now with the Vikings. Um, does a really nice job after the catch. 63.3% uh, of his uh, career receiving yards came after uh, you know the ball was thrown to him. So he just has that juice as a ball carrier where he can make something happen. And then I really liked how he showed up on money downs. Uh, the last two years, 73 catches. 52 of them, so over 70% uh, resulted in a first down, uh, a guy that can move the chains. And so he uh, needs to get better in terms of the details as as a blocker and a route runner. Uh, a little undersized, doesn't have necessarily the, the play strength to overwhelm in the blocking game, but he's an athlete, and I think he's got natural ball skills. So he can be a three-level uh, pass-catching threat. In uh, a guy that on, on somewhere on day three, uh, you know, would be pretty good value, and you know the medicals will be big for him. Uh, the, the last three years, he's missed at least one game uh, each season. Uh, it was a, sho- a shoulder this past year, an ankle the year before. Uh, he's been banged up and hasn't been able to stay on the field. So staying healthy will be big for Brevin Jordan in terms of carving out that NFL career and living up to the potential that he has shown at Miami.
0: You mentioned the third down stats. As an evaluator, what does that tell you that this guy is someone where X amount of his catches result in a first down?
1: Well, first off, it shows that, you know, the the play caller and the offense, uh, the quarterback, they're comfortable going that direction when it counts. When they need it the most, they're going to target their tight end and, you know, they they feel really good about the success rate. So, um, you know, not only is he getting the targets, but he's converting – He's moving the chains, and that's what you want to see from your tight end—a guy that can work the middle of the field, can leak out. Uh, but it, the thing with Brevin Jordan is he can give you a little bit after the catch as well, uh, and that's something that is can be a game changer. You know, when you evaluate the the a pass catching position, you want guys that can get open and finish catches, but you also want guys that have that after the catch ability to create and turn a five yard game into a fifteen yard gain that really changes things uh, throughout, the, throughout the course of a game and, and can help the offense.
0: So those are your top four tight ends. What about uh, a sleeper, per se, or maybe a day three player that you think could outplay where he gets drafted come April?
1: Well, a player that's a little bit of a forgotten guy because he's been hurt this year. He uh, suffered a, a ruptured Achilles uh, in, in the preseason in August, and so uh, hasn't been able to play this year. But BYU's Matt Bushman, uh, you know, it's a, a, a good sized tight end with vacuum hands. Uh, he was, uh, last year, uh, he had over 50 catches and didn't have a drop. So this is a guy who is very reliable. Um, you know, he's, uh, just laser focused, uh, a, a guy that you can rely on out there. Now he's, uh, you know, got a little stiffness to him. You wish he sustained a little better as a blocker, but he has, you know, pro, he's coming from a BYU offense that offered some pro level concepts. Uh, he, he is a physical blocker uh, and he's got some uh, you know, NFL ties. He's actually married to the daughter of Chad Lewis, who is a three time pro bowler uh, in the NFL, mostly with the Eagles. So, um, you know, as long as the medicals come back clean and, you know, Matt Bushman's good to go uh, in terms of being healthy, I, I think he'd be a nice fit uh, somewhere in the late rounds as a guy that uh, can come in and, uh, you know, finish or, you know, just round out a tight end depth chart and, and be a guy and get on the field.
0: First of all, that was a great little glimpse into what the Beast offers, your NFL draft guide. Talking about Chad Lewis, some NFL ties, I love it. But in terms of Bushman, I actually think we talked about him last year in the season. And so for Bushman, is this like a classic case of we have no, I'm saying we as in you and I, but mainly you and evaluators. Have no idea when he's going to get selected because you have to factor in how he would have played along with the medicals. Like, how much of a monkey wrench does it throw in? Not only talking about not really playing this season, but then also relying on medical information.
1: Yeah, and I I mean he's a little bit of an older guy. You know he had a he had the religious mission, and uh, you know I think we know what he is because he led the team. He led BYU in, in receiving the last three years: freshman, sophomore, junior year. So I think we have a good idea of who he is. And, you know, he, he could have had a red shirt and come back next year. But, you know, he decided to uh, go to the NFL, even with that coming off the injury. The biggest thing will be just with no combine this year and, you know, how they maneuver that this year, how everything's going to look a little different. Teams being comfortable with that Achilles injury and where he is on it with his rehab That's going to be, you know, really what determines where he's drafted. You know, coming into the year, I think he was probably a fourth-round pick. Uh, Now, you know, he's probably more in the later rounds. And so those medicals will be really paramount to understanding where he's ultimately going to be drafted.
0: Awesome. That was a tight end preview. So now, like we said last episode, we're taking fan questions. We only have two today, so keep them coming in. And one's a tight end question, one's a running back question. So, Dane, I'll leave it up to you. Which question you want to go with first? You want to keep with tight ends, or you want to pivot and then round out the episode with the tight ends? let's
1: keep it with tight ends. I, you know, I think we uh, this is it's not a the, you know the best group of tight ends we've ever seen, but there's some talent here. Uh, we just we talked about uh, you know a couple of them. Let's let's talk about one more.
0: All right, I love it. So the question comes from Arjun. I hope I said that right. And his question is, "What are your thoughts on Tommy Tremble?"
1: Yeah, and and Tremble, I I I think there's you talk about the top five tight ends this year. Um, You know, we talked about Pitts and Friermuth, Brevin Jordan, Hunter Long. Tremble's in that top five mix. He would be that next guy, and he's competing to be, uh, you know, a day two pick along with Hunter Long and Brevin Jordan. Tremble, he does not have the production. Uh, You know, he has thirty five catches. Uh, four touchdowns they didn't have a touchdown this past year. Uh, only a redshirt sophomore decided to declare, and he wasn't a big part uh, of that Irish offense. Um, and so, you don't love the production, but you feel like he's just scratching the surface of what he can be. And I think what I love most about Trumbull is he loves the block. I mean, this guy looks like a bodyguard as a lead blocker. He can act as a fullback, he'll line up in the backfield, um, he, he can execute every block that you want, the physicality that he offers. And, you know, the lack of of productions concerning, but he just didn't get many targets in that offense because they used him so much as a blocker. But if you want him to go out and run routes and catch passes, I think he can absolutely do that. So, um, you know, it reminds me a little bit, you know, a couple of years ago, we had Dawson Knox come out of Ole Miss where he didn't have the production, and uh, that was a little worrisome. It's similar with, with, with Trumbull. Different players, but, you know, you worry about not having the, the resume of, you know, especially at a, a school like, Ty- or a, a school like uh, Notre Dame – But Tremble has that ability, still very young, won't turn 21 years old until after the draft. So I think for a a team that's willing to bet on the upside and the traits, uh, Tremble could end up paying off in a big way, Uh, maybe not as a rookie, but year two and year three, Tommy Tremble could end up being a a guy that's breaking through as a starter in the league.
0: Before we get to the final question, I do think that it is important to note that we don't know what this Jets offense is going to look like, but if you look at what Kyle Shanahan – has done in San Francisco with George Mm -hmm. Kittle, the tight end position plays a pivotal role. And I do think that Chris Herndon, who's currently on the roster, under contract, had a weird 2020 season after a weird and off-injured 2019 season. And I do think that he still has promise and will be a nice fit in this system. But these are some of the options if the Jets decide to draft a tight end in 2021 in april in just a couple months so let's actually wrap up the episode with a running backs question since we've talked all tight ends and peter wants to know which day two or day three picks can become or be the jets running back one and before you answer that i just want to say that is a little aggressive so i'm going to tailor the question and say which day two or day three running back do you see being an immediate contributor
1: Uh, Well, you know, I I think that uh, North Carolina has got two really good running backs this year uh, in the draft with Javante Williams and Michael Carter, but Michael Carter is is the one that would make sense because he's not going to cost, uh, you know, a, an expensive pick. You know, he's probably going to be somewhere in that third, early fourth round range would be my early guess, but this is a guy who just flourished at the, at the college level zone gap schemes. Uh, he, he set the record at North Carolina for uh, rushing yards uh, per carry in a game with uh, almost 13 yards per carry. Uh, and then in a season with almost eight yards per carry. And then in his career, he rushed for 6.6 yards per carry in his career at Chapel Hill. So really impressive. Um, he, he's how I, de- I describe him as a problem solving back. He's got the footwork, the quick reads, the low center of gravity, gravity where you can make guys miss Uh, And and just create on his own, not the biggest guy in the world, but gives good effort as a pass pass catcher and as a blocker. Um, Reminds me a little bit of a a poor man's uh, Dalvin Cook, a little undersized uh, and that might limit just what he can do. But this is a guy who knows how to shake tackles uh, just as a very well-rounded skill set. So maybe not doesn't have the size but really loves what he brings to the field with his vision, his field, his lateral agility. And if you can get him in somewhere in the top, you know, 125 picks, that's excellent value.
0: I love it. And this is a nice time to remind fans listening, please submit questions. You can just tweet at us or you can wait for me to tweet every week. Asking for questions does not matter. Questions roll over whatever questions you have, whatever position. Let it rip. We'll try to answer as many as we can on NFL Draft Preview. That was episode two with The Athletic's Dane Brugler. Make sure to check him out on Twitter at DP Brugler. Check out his top 100 on The Athletic. And, Dane, thanks a lot. We'll see you next week. And I don't remember who we're breaking down next week, but that's also a nice way to tease who we're breaking down because, you know, we'll we'll see what comes across our plate, but make sure to rate us, review us, subscribe. Dane, thanks a lot. Appreciate it.
1: Thanks, Ethan.